But if you don't have, I can't believe that I have to keep saying Taco Bell over and over again. I'm just an impromptu joke and I'm just killing this joke. I feel like I'm killing it. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like birds. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. I am really excited about today's episode. Because I didn't prepare at all. I'm just along for the ride on this one. I'm in the driver's seat, which means who knows what John is going to (laughs) say. It's a dangerous spot to be in. Just whatever my imagination comes up with. I'm so excited. We'll see what you come up with because I wanted to take a minute to talk about what to expect in the parks in 2024. And I wanted to do this at the beginning of the year, right at the beginning of the year, basically, knowing full well that a lot of the parks haven't even decided what they're doing in 2024 yet. So, <laughs> so honestly, this is a this is, this is a an watch. obsolete episode <laughs> already where we're starting out with an obsolete. We are episode. not. We are not. There's good stuff in here, but I do put the disclaimer that things will change between now and the main summer season for sure right which is why later in the spring on our youtube channel ash actually does go park by park on specific especially some of the busiest parks and makes what to expect for this specific park after a lot of those decisions have been changed yeah so i always tell people when they're planning their trips and i'll get questions in the fall and winter before the summer season And people will ask me questions and I'll be like, I don't know, nor does the park know. They won't tell us. A lot of times they won't solidify anything to like March or April Mm -hmm. for the summer season. So I wait till after they solidify things in March and April. And then I make those park specific videos on YouTube. So definitely go check on YouTube when it gets closer to the summer. I will have park specific like Here's exactly what's happening in this park for this summer. Right. (laughs) But this episode is just going to be like an overview of the things that I know are happening in 2024 that as you're planning your trips right now, because you do need to make some decisions right now if you're hoping to go to a park in 2024. Hopefully, at least this will guide you along the way a little bit so that you know what to look out for and what to be aware of for your upcoming trips. Right. The park service in a lot of ways, and each park is its own individual thing. It's so funny. Like you'll go on the park service websites. There's like no continuity between each park. They always have their own thing. But one thing that is constant and is very frustrating for me is when I go to McDonald's, I already know what's on the menu and I know what I want and I know what's going to happen. And I have a whole expectation about what's going to happen. But when I go with Ash... We have to stop. And even though she knows exactly what's on the menu, she can't decide what to do. And the National Park Service feels like really indecisive this time of year. (laughs) In my defense, they always are changing the price of things and stuff. And so maybe I don't want that particular sandwich because the price went up by $2. You know, you got to check that stuff, which you're making fun of me and that's fine. But I think I was thinking about this and I was like, I am so detail-oriented that even if I already know the details, or I'm pretty sure I know the details, I still have to double-check the details again when I go back. (laughs) That's exactly how I order food through the drive-thru, too. I will say the one restaurant where this actually matters is Taco Bell, because they do change their menu pretty frequently, and we miss out on the chalupa boxes sometimes. And at Chick-fil-A, I don't have to look at the menu anymore, so you're welcome. I always (laughs) just get the nuggets now. Exactly. I was thinking about this because that's exactly right. Like I'm a details person. And so I want to know the current details. Even if I already knew the previous details, I need to know the current details. So when I worked as a park ranger, they would send out these 
emails, like interagency emails to just the park rangers, just the people that work there with more information than what they give the general public. Right. And so then those were like, I looked forward to those emails every morning. It was like, oh my gosh, I just love to know what's going on in all these different parks and like different things that they don't let everybody know, just Mm -hmm. us. And so I really got into the habit of just like digging. I dig for information Mm -hmm. when I'm planning my national park trips and when I'm trying to help people like with the itineraries and stuff. Dude, I know where to dig. And I know where to dig for every national park, even though their websites are all a little bit different. Yeah. I know where to dig. It's true. And so I do that so much and I take such joy out of it. And I was thinking about it too, John. When we're sitting in a restaurant and we're having a conversation, I'm also doing something else at the same time. Do you know what I'm doing at the same time I'm conversing with you? When we're having conversations at the restaurant? Yeah. You're looking at me and thinking, oh, he's so handsome. No, it's not part of our conversation. (laughs) What else am I doing? I don't know. What are you doing? I'm eavesdropping on everybody else's. (laughs) That is true. I am such a good eavesdropper because I just love collecting knowledge. Mm -hmm. So that's why I geek out about this stuff. That's why I want to do this episode. I was thinking about it and I hate to make this reference because I hate this show, actually. Oh, please, please. Psych. Yes. So I actually, I think I'm a lot like how Sean Spencer is not actually a psychic. He's just a good detective. What? Yes, right. you're right. Right? Because when he notices something and then they zoom in on it and like it brightens, it like stands out from the background and it makes that noise, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, she's that's... doing like her hand as she's trying to describe this trying... is like Spider-Man like flipping his webs. <laughs> she's like doing that with her hand. But that's what happens to me when I'm sitting in a restaurant or I'm around people. Like I'm picking up on all these strange details yeah. that nobody else will notice really. And it makes me look like I'm psychic. I know. It's true. I could tell her to close her eyes and then like tell me how many hats are in the room. You know, <laughs> tell me how many people are in a fight. Tell me how many people are happy to be together at the moment or so you know, all the much. weird drama that's going on in the restaurant we'll come out of the restaurant and she's just like i'm just like I'm, john yeah. just had a regular conversation with me yeah. i'm like i know that that guy's like his best friend just cheated on his wife and <laughs> <laughs> like i i'm listening to all things i i'm a simple man <laughs> and i can have one conversation at a time I may have a wild imagination, but I can only handle one input of information at a time. You got to watch what you say around me because I am a digger. I dig for information. So I've heard it both ways. Well, (laughs) that's a psych quote. (laughs) I hate that show. I really do. Sean Spencer drives me crazy. Uh, So when I realized, I know when I realized that I actually am a lot like him, just picking details nobody else notices, like, man. Too bad he's so annoying. Which is why you plan our trips. Yeah. And which is why Dirt in My Shoes itineraries are awesome. Yeah. Is because you have all of these cool details. Before we got off onto site, you're talking about digging into information. When I walk into your office, you are like looking through press releases from digging into like, oh, they said this, but they really mean this because two press releases ago they said <laughs> this. And so I know they're actually hiding some information about when they're actually going to turn this into a reservation-only campground. Digging into things and I'm just like, <laughs> Ash, just, I, I don't know, just put it in the video. It's what, makes, it's what makes me have all the information to give to everybody else. I love it. So let's jump in with my psychic knowledge of the national parks and what they're going to do in 2024, because I do like to read into this stuff and just be a nerd about it. So the first item that you're definitely going to want to note is that entrance reservations are here and they're here to stay. I do not think the Park Service is getting rid of these. Yeah, I think we said it several episodes ago where like COVID was just the perfect opportunity for the NPS to be like, let's start our reservation systems now because it makes sense and then we'll just never get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. So Arches and Glacier and Rocky have already announced that they are doing reservation systems again in 2024. So you can't even get into those parks during regular hours if you don't have these entrance reservations. Right. So it's a big deal. Arches actually already did their first round of releases on January 2nd. Wow. So if you're already thinking about going to Arches, 
some of those have already been released. And <laughs> Glacier, can I just tell you? Glacier. Oh, this is a moment. Okay. No, <laughs> I'm not going to get on my soapbox too much here, but they have been like so all over the place with their entrance reservations. They've been doing them for a while. I think this is the third year. Anyway, I've been helping people who purchase itineraries from me like get these reservations for years now. Right. And I know all the ins and outs of this. And every time they release another year, and they say they're going to do reservations. I'm like, okay, what did they add? What did they change? What did, you know, because mm -hmm. they just haven't figured it out yet. Right. But they are releasing January 25th, which is really early yeah. for them because usually they don't have their stuff together by now. <laughs> right. Well, the so, Golden to the Sun Road usually doesn't even open all the way until like beginning of July sometimes, yeah. right? And so that's six months in advance for the reservations. Well, so they're making you have reservations. And they did this last year. They're making you have reservations starting the end of May to go in from the west side. Mm. And I'm not going to go into all the details of the reservation system in and outs because I do do extremely detailed videos on YouTube about these reservation systems every year. And I go on the computer and I get the reservation in real time and show you how to do it which is extremely stressful for me, by the way. <laughs> I hate having to like be on video and be like, I better get it. Hopefully I get it because... Yeah, sometimes like it seems like the NPS site crashes a little bit. Yeah. So it's it can be pretty intense. And I have nightmares about getting these reservations. So just know I am there with you. Yeah. If you have to get these reservations, like I'm stressed out about it too. It's true. And so, but it's really, it's real interesting because as I've been editing these videos that you do, I go through them and I can tell, oh my gosh, they change things just slightly sometimes that can cause big problems yeah. if you don't pay attention to the details. And so, luckily, Ash is in the weeds for all of us. I Well, I love it, except for the nightmares getting the reservations that I could do without. The park service is Ash's telenovelas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rocky Mountain also is doing reservations, but theirs don't start till May, so we've got time. But just be aware that these parks are doing them. One park that has been pretty much the definition of a hot mess in terms of the reservations has been Yosemite because they brought them in during COVID with a lot of other national parks. They messed them around a little bit. They ended up getting rid of them. And now, news for 2024. They're back. Yay. <laughs> 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 um, Yosemite has been pretty unpredictable. Summer 2023 was just like awful for a lot of people. It was way too crowded. And then like the shuttle, like one of the shuttle lines just totally shut down and they changed their shuttle system. Right. And they changed all their stops and like how they do their shuttle system and stuff. And then one shuttle line wasn't working and people were just like in Yosemite Valley with a million other people also not being able to get around. Just standing around. Hour long shuttle wait times, stuff like that. So Yosemite brought back their reservation system for 2024, and you have to make a reservation. In fact, uh, you already should have made your reservation right. by the time this episode comes out, which is just like Yosemite is going to be the death of me because they keep releasing all of their dates, their whole season of reservations Ugh. on one day of the year. So you get in there. You can't even get a reservation because everything says heavy traffic, heavy traffic, heavy traffic. Mm -hmm. And so your computer, you know, likely you're going to have to try a million times just to get the reservation in your cart because there's so many people trying to do it at the same time. Right. And you're trying to get it for the whole summer season. Like they're all their dates are open. Ugh. Anyway, if you missed the entrance reservation release for Yosemite then you're going to have to go in a week in advance and try for the last minute ones. That's basically your only option right now unless you can get a lodging reservation or a camping reservation or something like that. But no park really has kept their reservation system the same from right. year to year. Like every year they tweak something just to make it harder and more confusing for people. <laughs> right. It's not like they're making incremental changes that are slightly better every time it's no. like 
you know, instead of let's adjust this just a little bit to make this, this would probably be good. It's like throwing in a wrench every year into the system to break it in a new way. It really is. So if you're planning on going to a park in 2024, go make sure that you don't need an extra reservation for something. And if it's an entrance reservation, just expect it to be a little bit complicated and kind of hard to navigate because that's just, I mean, that's just the way it is. But if you need help with it, go grab a Dirt in My Shoes itinerary because I am paying attention to all of this and I'm like going through and I'm making videos (laughs) so that you can see what it's going to look like and stuff like that so that you can get what you need. Because I do think that it's just way more complicated than it actually needs to be. The other thing with reservations that you're going to want to note is that even if the park doesn't require an entrance reservation to get into it, a lot of them are starting smaller reservation systems for like specific places or hikes or things to do. Right. Where you do need a reservation to do that particular thing. Like Angel's Landing in Zion. So yeah, Angel's Landing in Zion is one of those. If you want to hike Old Rag in Shenandoah, you have to have a reservation now. If you want to drive to the top of Cadillac Mountain in Acadia, they're requiring reservations. Acadia has done that for the past few years. They have not yet said at at the time of this recording if they're requiring them for 2024, but I'm pretty sure they will. So just check up on that. So places like that, Haleakala, they make you make a reservation if you want to see the sunrise over the park. Right. So that is a big trend in the National Park Service as well, is even if they're not making you have an entrance reservation, some of those busier places are still requiring reservations to take part. So keep that in mind. Along those lines as well, this is not a reservation, but Great Smokies, they have a day Wednesdays where if you want to go to Cades Cove, You can't drive a car on Wednesdays. Right. And they've been doing that for a few years. So there's like little nuances here. You don't have to have a reservation at Great Smokies, but there are certain days that you can't go to Cades Cove and drive your car. So you want to pay attention to that. And they also, Great Great Smokies also just did their new parking permit too. Yeah. That you have to have. And so there's some things here, context, there's some details that if overlooked can really screw up your trip. And be a real big disappointment if you get there and realize, oh, I can't do this. That This is the only day That's we had. Thing. We want to do everything we can. And luckily, Ash is here eavesdropping on the NPS for us, <laughs> getting all of the details so that hopefully you don't have those, ah, oh, crap moments on your trip to a national park. Yeah. And if I have an itinerary for that particular park, then the itinerary comes with updates that I update constantly with the newest information that's coming out. And so you don't even have to pay attention to it if you don't want to. Right. For that particular itinerary, you can get the glacier itinerary and then just not even pay attention to the glacier site and just watch mine. Right. (laughs) The updates that I'm sending you because I'll make sure you have what you need. But yeah, that's a really big one. And that's one that I get a lot of emails for and stuff is people scrambling at last minute, just like, I didn't realize that I can't even get into Rocky Mountain without a reservation. You can't go anywhere in Rocky without a reservation during the main parts of day. And so that's just a really big disappointment for a lot of people. And I just make sure that you know that this is a thing and it's a trend. It's happening in more parks than just the big ones that are requiring those entrance reservations. Right. I'm really proud of this next sleuthing that I've done. This is great (laughs) detective work on my part. Nice. The second thing that you'll want to note for 2024. I started noticing this last year. It's been about a year or so, year and a half, that I started noticing this, that a lot of the parks for camping reservations, they are taking their traditional six-month reservation window and they're changing it. And they're not necessarily announcing it. And so I noticed this with... Olympic and Glacier, some of the bigger ones, what they actually started doing is like pulling some of their sites in these campgrounds. And some of them, you still have to reserve six months in advance. But some of them, they switch to like 
14 days in advance. Oh. Zion really was kind of the first park that I can remember that did this, where they took like their whole South campground and uh-huh. made it 14 days in advance. And everyone was like, whoa, what? Right. <laughs> and that was a few years ago. But other national parks have slowly been doing that, but just kind of a little more under the radar, like not really announcing that they're doing it. So there are some sites that you can get six months in advance. A lot of the parks now have sites that you can get 14 days in advance. So if you're more of a last minute planner. Sort of a way of taking a campground that maybe used to be first come, first serve, but keeping like giant lines from happening in the morning. So it's still people that want to take a trip, but maybe do their plans last minute. Yeah. Sort of last minute. It's first come, first serve, but with a reservation. Right. More. So in Yellowstone, like they just quietly tucked in there that they switched their campgrounds over to having these 14-day windows. Some of the parks even have shorter windows, like three to four-day windows that you can reserve these campsites. And like I said, like I've been watching it and I've just been like slowly just being like, hmm, interesting. Last year, Glacier, like they didn't even release a bunch of their campsites. And I called it because I was like, they're switching these over. I know they are. (laughs) I know they're switching these over. That's why they didn't release on time. And sure enough, they didn't release them till like May. Mm -hmm. And people were freaking out. That's a good thing to watch. The reason that I'm bringing this up, because like I said, parks have been quietly making the changes over the past couple of years. But Bryce Canyon did just a few weeks ago, just announced that they are doing that. And they're keeping their main campground, the North Campground, as a six-month reservation window. But their other campground, the Sunset Campground, they switched to 14 days in advance. The whole campground. Wow. So, yeah. So, kind of like Zion's. uh, The whole Zion's. I know. I heard you. I was like, no. (laughs) Don't don't say Zion's. Well, interesting. Okay. So, this is really interesting development. So, it's kind of like... They try it out in some of these big parks and then they cascades down throughout the rest of the park service. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of them are finding, I mean, Grand Teton did this. Do you remember we went to Grand Teton during COVID and Grand Teton for a long time, a lot of their campsites were just first come first serve. Mm -hmm. And so we went and we didn't bring our trailer. We brought our tent because I didn't want to deal with first come first serve with also trying to find a big enough site for a trailer. Right. And we had to wait in the line at the Grovant campground for like an hour and a half. It took forever. It was crazy. To get through that line. Everybody was waiting to be assigned a first come first serve by the camp hosts. We did get one, but I just like when we got to the front of the line and I saw those sweet camp hosts, like those volunteers, and I was just like, this has to be the most horrid job in the entire <laughs> world right now. Uh dealing with all these angry people who are trying to get a campsite, who are not being patient and who are having to wait forever and not getting what they want and stuff. So I remember that. I was like, oh my gosh, they need to fix this because those poor people, those hosts who are just trying to, I mean, they're volunteers for crying out loud. Like they get a free campsite for the season. That's it. (laughs) Right. They get these people that are like, Oh my gosh, let's spend the summer at Grand Teton. Yeah, and then, and then they, they get live there in hell like, every morning <laughs> when it's time to assign sites. Exactly. It's like the good old days with <laughs> Black Friday when Walmart would open the doors and people just crazy yeah. go in. It's just That's nuts. how it was. It was so stressful. And so Grand Teton too, they switched their stuff over to reservation only mm-hmm. after that. Like we experienced that summer and I saw... While we were there, I was like, they are going to change this because nobody can live under these conditions. Right. (laughs) This is terrible. And sure enough, that next year, they announced that they were making everything reservation only. You can't even first come, first serve in Grand Teton anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely moving to that direction. But the parks are also finding a way to make it so that you don't have to like know what you're going to be doing six months in advance. Right. They're trying to give people who are last minute planners or who are trying to just on a trip, you know, without thinking about it. They're trying to give you a chance to be able to get these reservations. Right. So, so, so if you do miss like, like with for us a few years ago, we tried to do a whole big family reunion thing up at Glacier. and We were 
on the site multiple days in a row trying to get camping reservations and it was just absolutely crazy. If they would have switched over at that point, we probably would have seen a whole bunch of campsites with like an NR on the dates, Mm -hmm. probably right saying not reserved, not Not released, not released Mm -hmm. yet. And so that's probably where you'll see it if you're going through the campsites and kind of figuring out which ones and planning ahead, which ones you want to try to go for. You might be able to be like, okay, so these ones are going to be two weeks in advance or whatever that park decides to do to somehow make it like a reservable first come first serve only type of a situation. Because like I said, some parks, they've taken whole campgrounds and made them that shorter reservation window like Zion and Bryce. Mm -hmm. But some parks, they're just taking a few sites from a campground and saying these are going to be our 14 day out reservations. And so it's not super clear sometimes like you can for Glacier, especially you can go and you can click on St. Mary campground and you'll just see all sorts of different reservation windows for the different sites. It's not like a nice tidy presentation. (laughs) (laughs) So you do have to dig a little bit. I have YouTube videos that will walk you through camping in the national parks and I will actually go through and show you how to get the reservation as well. And so that will help to just orient yourself with how recreation.gov works and how to find out which campsites are even going to be available for you to reserve at what times and you right. know stuff like that. So definitely go watch those if you want more help. But that's a definite thing that is happening in the parks that I'm watching happen in real time that I think will continue to spread throughout the other parks that haven't done it already. Nice. That's some solid sleuthing. Solid sleuthing. I know. I was the one who, like, I was watching Glacier like a hawk last year because I was like, they are messing with something and they are not telling anybody what's happening. (laughs) But I can tell just from being on their website and digging around, I'm like, I can tell that they are doing something and I have a pretty good idea of what it is. Uh And I put it on my itinerary updates that come with the Glacier itinerary they're messing with the campgrounds like they're gonna start releasing stuff on a different schedule and if you're ready like when they release it you'll have a much better chance at getting a reservation because most people don't even know they're doing this right and so i actually helped a lot of people get camping reservations that otherwise they wouldn't have been able to get just because i was like watching them like a hawk and i was like I know that they are going to pull one on us and I'm going to be here for it. So (laughs) that's me. I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy, but I love it. It's so funny watching the fire in your eyes talking about what the national parks are going to do next. They can't get anything around me. This old former park ranger that (laughs) still likes to snoop. You took me off the emails, but you can't take... You took a... Oh, my God. You took a girl from the emails, but... (laughs) You can't take the... You can take a ranger from the... You can take the emails from the ranger, but you can't take the... Eavesdropping out of the girl. I don't know exactly. It, we, you out. know what we're going for. Yes. You know what we're saying. Oh, man. Okay. You hear about Pluto? That's pretty messed up, right? That's from Psych. Yeah. Psych. <laughs> you made a Psych reference earlier. I had I to know. get that in there. Somewhere. I know. That's fine. John has Psych references for days. <laughs> I don't watch it very much, so I have no idea what you're saying. Okay. So then the third thing that I always watch really carefully when I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen in the parks. And this is for 2024. We're talking construction closures. Hmm. These are the infamous ones that they will just spring upon you as you're getting ready to take your trip. Right. Okay. These are the ones that like, they probably are like, yeah, I mean, because nothing in the park service moves very fast. And so if they're planning on doing construction, in a particular area, it's been in the works probably for five years right. <laughs> of like doing this. But what they usually don't nail down is dates mm-hmm. and things like that. And so that's when you're going to see a lot of changes from anything I talk about in this section. <laughs> yes. You're going to see the most changes as it gets closer to the summer when they actually start saying, oh, by the way, we're repaving the old faithful parking lot for this week. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and you're sorry, like, not sorry. Yeah. And you're like, um, I need to see old faithful while I'm there. Like, that's a bummer. But a lot of these, there's no way to know before they actually solidify and announce what they're going to do. 
did we just scare a bunch of people going to Yellowstone? Just now without giving, <laughs> we, we didn't give proper details. They're paving the Old Faithful parking lot, they, I don't, but we're not telling you when. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Okay, then we'll start with Yellowstone because that one is on my list. They've been doing a ton of construction in Yellowstone. They had those big floods in 2022 that like totally decimated the top part of the park. And so a lot of the construction has been up there while they're like trying to replace roads and bridges and stuff like that. Now, usually when they do this, it's just an added delay. It's not actual road closures. They try not to have to close things. Right. Or if they do close things, it's usually like overnight or something so you can work around it. But delays are the name of the game in Yellowstone right now because right. they are doing a ton of construction just kind of everywhere. They had problems down by Old Faithful for the past couple of years, a bridge mm -hmm. they deemed was no longer structurally sound right. that you have to drive over to get to Old Faithful. So they did need to fix that. <laughs> That's, That's kind of important. important. <laughs> I love how I think I remember seeing that there was a sign that they were working on that. And then I drove over it anyways. Like, yeah, <laughs> they still were sending us over while they're working on it. When we go to Yellowstone every year and we usually do have to wait 30 to 45 minutes, at least somewhere where you get stuck in some type of construction. Right. So that's very normal. So uh, just expect that because they're still working on stuff. They're yeah. still rebuilding. They've done a lot. Like they've moved really fast actually in, in rebuilding the northern part of the park and stuff. But there's still plenty of work to be done. So right. they haven't announced specifically what they're going to do as of the time of this recording. But they will. And I'll make a YouTube video about it. So I will <laughs> tell you what's going on. The other park that has had a lot of construction is Glacier. They've been doing more stuff along the going to the Sun Road, replacing pipelines and stuff. That should be done for 2024, but you never know. Ooh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Last year when we were there, it was just like they had the whole road torn up and it was pretty not fun to drive on. <laughs> oh my gosh. There was <laughs> so was much open. dust in yeah. the air. We got a video of the boat tour coming in and docking back up against the dock and it looked like the most beautiful misty morning yeah it was like coming out of the misty mountains and i'm like that's just dust <laughs> <laughs> it's just construction dust but it looks really cool it was so funny rocky mountain has been doing a lot of construction at one of their main entrance stations and i don't know if they finished that yet either so that's another thing to keep in mind just some of these bigger parks, especially, are just going to get some pretty big delays if they're doing construction in those main areas. And they have to do it. Yeah. They have to upgrade the stuff, but it does create some problems sometimes. Denali National Park. This is a big one. This is a big one. The Denali Park Road we talked about in episode 23 for the scariest park roads. Yes. And it's like one of the scariest park roads <laughs> because... There are landslides everywhere along this road, and it finally got to the point where the road was dipping, like it was going down the mountain yes. at like 10 feet a day. Yeah, it was crazy. And we were there that summer. We drove through that, and they had just like added a new load of gravel. Like that was their answer to keeping it from totally sinking down the mountainside. We'll just add some more gravel, and then you can drive over it. And I'm like, Dude, no. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go over that load of gravel you just put on there when I know the road is sinking. It felt like the tram ride at Universal in California. I don't know if they still have that. I haven't been there in a while. I need to do that. But you're like on this tram on this bus and then you're just like, you have no control over what's happening. And then all of a sudden King Kong shows up and destroys the road and everything's <laughs> steaming and the, ro the road is collapsing underneath you. And the, the whole tram or the bus just like shifts and goes, Goof, falls down. That situation was exactly what we experienced yeah. almost oh at gosh. Denali because the road is literally sinking under our bus as we're driving along this road. They pour some more dirt. <laughs> All right, Carl, gun it. Let's hope you make it past. And we're all screaming. Nah. Oh, my gosh. We made it past, but it was scary. We did. So it was only a couple weeks after that when they actually closed that whole area. Yeah, because they couldn't keep up with the sliding anymore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So the Denali Park Road, 
past, it's like mile 43 or something. You, you can't get in that far, honestly. Right. You can't even get Denali views really past this, like from this closure. Right. And that's until 2026. So that's a big one. I had people ask me about Denali and planning a trip to Denali. And I just say, if you don't have to go right now, if it's not like something that you have to do, then I would wait. I would wait till the road is open all the way because you really don't get Denali views from the road yeah. to this point. So. And there's such a small portion of people that actually get to see Denali in the first place. Yeah. And then if you take out the option of even getting close, it makes it much harder. So two more parks you'll want to pay attention to. The Grand Canyon has had so many freaking problems with its water. Right. So I don't know if anyone really thinks about this, but where does the South Rim, especially with all these huge hotels and restaurants everywhere, there's like 20 restaurants and people <laughs> everywhere, where do they get the water from? Right. They get it from the river 5,000 feet down the Grand Canyon. Right. It's crazy. So they've had pipeline problems getting that water from the river up to the rim. And it's just like if you're hiking any of the trails that go down into the canyon or anything like you can't even think that you're going to have water. They've closed they usually... down a bunch of those water spots yeah. with, that were rest areas that you could refill your water bottles. Yeah. And so they don't even have those anymore. Well, they're there, but they just there's no water to them. Right. And they've had to do like so much water conservation. At the rim, like a lot of the restaurants and stuff, like for a while there, they had to use like paper plates instead of doing dishes and stuff like that because wow. the, just the water is so limited. And so they are fixing that. They're going in and they're fixing the pipeline. Mm -hmm. But because of that, like right now, the Bright Angel Trail, which is the main trail that people usually take to go into the canyon or come out of the canyon, it's closed. Oh, wow. So because... That's where they're putting the pipeline. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, That's so crazy. Yeah. I think that they might have to start transporting water by mule. I feel like that would not work very well. <laughs> <laughs> they're already and doing... I don't want every... any more mules on those <laughs> trails. They're Everything. bad enough as it is. Yeah, they already do so much transportation <laughs> by mule. That's crazy. So, yeah. So, the Bright Angel Trail, you can only go a half a mile down and up from the rim. That's the only part of it that's open right now. And... That's staying closed until the middle of April, at least. That's crazy. So, yeah. And they'll have other closures, like there's lower canyon closures and stuff like that. But they are putting in a new water pipeline, which is really important. Yes. But that is a closure that you'll hit if you're going to the Grand Canyon. The other one that I want to mention, last park for construction closures. And like I said, all parks probably will have construction closures if you go during the main season. Right. Because... A lot of these parks only have short windows of time to get these projects done. And it just so happens to coincide with the main visitor season. Yeah. That's and, when the weather is the best. Yes. And some of this stuff could even change between now and the main season too. Yeah, it will. It will. But the last park I want to mention is Zion. Zion is literally falling apart. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. <laughs> it's falling apart. So there's a small section of Zion called Kolob Canyon's. And that road got wiped out and they've been working on that. But that doesn't affect that many people because it's a side section. It's not the main part of Zion where everybody wants to go. But what did happen not too long ago was there was another rock fall. And oh you should look this up. It's crazy. So Zion has just these huge rock falls and closures mm -hmm. <laughs> because of these rock falls. And... A while ago, they had this massive rock fall by Weeping Rock, and it just totally wiped out the Observation Point Trail, the Hidden Canyon Trail, some really cool trails that we've done several times. But and we miss. They've been, yeah, and they've been closed for a long time now, years. Yeah. Well, so they finally open Weeping Rock, which is just at the bottom. You don't really have to, it's just a really short hike to get to Weeping Rock, but it's in the same area. Mm-hmm. They just reopened it. Like I took it off my can't miss list for Zion because I was like, it's been closed for like four years. They're never going to reopen this. I took it off, added something else in, and then they reopened it. <laughs> and I was like, dang it. I, I was like you. waiting for them to just anyway. It didn't sound like they were going to open it. Yeah. So I took it off. But then they opened it. And then I was like, dang it. 
Maybe I should add it back in. Because <laughs> it's so cool. Because <laughs> it's cool. And so I was thinking maybe, okay, maybe I will add it back in to my can't miss list. And then just like a few weeks ago, they had another rock fall. And guess where it was? Weeping rock? Weeping rock. <laughs> yeah. So it's closed again. So I'm not adding it back in. Oh, that area gosh. sounds dangerous. <laughs> yes. But it was crazy. Like you can see video of it. Some people took video of it from like Angel's Landing because... Angel's Landing is across the canyon from Weeping Rock, so you oh get a gosh. really cool view. And of course, people have video of it because there's so many people in Zion. Yeah. I mean, even if you're just taking a view of the scenery from Angel's Landing, people are <laughs> catching this giant rock fall. Anyway, so the rocks fell and it's just like dust, just huge, massive clouds of dust everywhere. And then Zion posted a picture of the Weeping Rock parking area because there were people at Weeping Rock. I oh mean, that's gosh. the thing. It was during the middle of the day. There were people at Weeping Rock like running for their lives from this rock fall. Oh my gosh. And luckily nobody got hurt. Which is a miracle. Yeah, it's a miracle. Thank heavens. I don't know how nobody got hurt with big rocks like that coming down. But they posted a picture of the parking lot for Weeping Rock and I thought it was snow. It looked like it was covered in snow. It was just all that white layer. Wow. That is in Zion. Oh, it's the Navajo sandstone, the yeah. white layer. And it was just, it coated the whole parking lot and made it look like it was covered in snow. Zion is falling apart. So <laughs> enter at your own risk. <laughs> but there's going to be construction and stuff like that, closures surrounding that because they've been having a lot of like rock fall mm -hmm. and stuff and closures and they've closed part of the bridge to emerald pools and stuff anyway there's closures there which i will cover in the zion itinerary for you if you want to know what you need to skip or like how to circumvent those closures right but just know that yes zion is enter at your own risk right now <laughs> yes. but if you do enter we will help you navigate well through the area and i personally will be entering so it's not yes. like i'm not this isn't a cautionary tale <laughs> It's just so you know, um, this is Ash they have right now is, you're the crow at the beginning or the parrot at the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Ah, dead, dead man, man tail, no tails. tails. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But isn't that what's cool about the national parks? They're always enter at your own risk. It's true. You never know what's going to happen. Exactly. So you just got to go. It's fine. But just be aware that there will be construction because Mother Nature is alive yep, and she's doing move. her handiwork just plan for that but again construction is a big thing in the parks i will have youtube videos to update you on the bigger parks and what's going on come march or april when it gets closer to the summer so let's jump to the last thing i want to talk about when you're talking about what to expect in the parks for 2024 this is something unfortunately we can always count on about the same time every summer come the end of july early august especially in the West. What am I talking about, John? You're talking about wildfire season. Wildfire season. It happens every year. Sometimes it seems like it just keeps getting earlier mm -hmm. in the summer. But if you're planning a trip in 2024 and you're hoping to go to especially like those bigger mountain parks where you really want those fantastic vistas, you want to be able to see things and take really good pictures, just be aware that John and I basically never go to those parks in August anymore. It's true. We've decided upon a stratagem to avoid wildfire season altogether. Yeah. And because it's, it's not worth it. We get there and you can't even see anything sometimes. It's really hard to time it correctly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and especially when you're going to the mountain parks, because I feel like you have a very short window of time between when the snow melts and when the smoke comes. Right. You have like two weeks. And those two weeks just so happen to be like the last two weeks of July <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> yes. So we're packing in the parks during those last two weeks of July because I can't tell you how many pictures of North Cascades National Park we have where everything is smoky. Oh, You yeah. can't even see we finally, this year, I think really is the first year that we've been to North Cascades where there has not been fires in our pictures. It was like miraculous <laughs> and absolutely beautiful, completely stunning. It was gorgeous, but and we've never seen it that way. And when did we go? 
It was during that two week period. It was like July 14th. Yeah. yeah. The it very was like right yeah. in there. But what happened like a week after we left? Giant wildfire. Huge wildfire comes through and then they close down like the whole park road. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't a week after we left. I don't think. I think it was a little bit longer, but it was, yeah, it was right in that time, like end of July. Yeah, it's crazy. Winthrop is the city on the east side of North Cascades. It's a really fun western gateway town to the North Cascades. And we've stayed in the Pioneer campground a few times and literally had to take shelter and not leave our trailer because the air was so smoky. That's happened three times. Yeah. Like it's not just like a fluke. (laughs) (laughs) That area of like especially Washington, Oregon, California, you will get wildfire smoke definitely into Glacier and Yellowstone and Grand Teton. Mm -hmm. Basically all of those parks right in there as soon as the end of July, early August hits, it's like a totally different experience. Yeah. Especially people coming from the East. I don't think that people coming from the East realize how terrible the wildfire smoke gets out here. You can taste the air. You can taste it. You don't even have to be close to it, though, for it to be smoky. No, we were here at home in Utah a few years ago, and there was a giant wildfire hundreds and hundreds of miles away in canada in canada so way really far away i couldn't remember where yeah, it was so Utah, i underestimated oh, the distance hundreds and hundreds <laughs> and hundreds. no it was in canada canada was burning and we are in utah so there's like states in between us and canada mm-hmm. and we still could taste the smoke when we breathed yeah and usually <laughs> when if it storms and rains and things it'll kind of wash the smoke away That one was crazy. Do you remember that? Because it rained and it actually made the smoke thicker. Yeah. Like it was added humidity to the smoke. And so it was was just nuts. You would think the fire was right in our mountains by how thick it could get. Yeah. And and that's normal. That's normal for being in the parks in August, unfortunately, is like the glacier doesn't even have to have a fire for Mm -hmm. it to be smoky. Right. So I just wanted to point that out because a lot of people don't realize that, Mm -hmm. plan their trip of a lifetime in mid-August and then can't see anything. Yeah. So if you can't change your plans and you still have to go during that time, just know you don't know what's going (laughs) to happen. It's There will be fires. It's just a matter of like, which way is the wind blowing today? Yeah. It's true. (laughs) Or even not even today, even just this morning, because then the wind can shift in the afternoon and bring in all the smoke from Canada. And Mm -hmm. so you just never know. You don't know. So we typically just try to avoid that time now. But we've spent plenty of years being in the parks during that time and just being sad. So (laughs) I just wanted to put that out there. The other thing that I wanted to mention when it comes to wildfires is that Olympic, if you remember... They had a fire at the visitor center right. up in Hurricane Ridge last summer. Mm-hmm. It was really sad because that visitor center was pretty. And anyway, it's up in Hurricane Ridge, which is one of the most popular areas of the park. And so they had to close Hurricane Ridge for a little while. And then they reopened it. But then they had like a metering system. They'd only let a certain number of cars in. Mm-hmm. Then they closed it again because they had to take down the remnants of the visitor center the day lodge then they just reopened it again for the winter Mm -hmm. so if you're going to olympic this is a specific example of we don't know (laughs) (laughs) but we do know that hurricane ridge is going to be open on and off over the next few years while they're rebuilding the ugly visitor center that i saw the rendering for it was like Oh, that doesn't look as cool as the old one. Why are they building it like that? Make it look pretty, guys. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's probably better for withstanding the elements. That's true. (laughs) And the snow load and stuff. Hurricane Ridge. Yeah. You might need something a little sturdier than a whole bunch of pretty glass windows and stuff like that. I guess. I wasn't very excited about the rendering, but maybe they have a reason. So But either way, luckily Ash will be in the telenovelas of the national parks <laughs> to get us all the details and help us figure it out. You want to see what the Hurricane Ridge Day Lodge, the new one's going to look like? I can show you because 
I dug through everything and found it. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so that one's going to be open on and off because that was a sad, like, I was so sad it burned down. Mm -hmm. But that's just something else to note. Another big popular park that's going to have some closures for sure over the next few years as they rebuild. I'm sure they'll probably still have to meter how many people can come up in 2024 Mm -hmm. because the reason they're metering how many cars can go through is because of the bathroom situation. They only have a certain amount of porta-potties that they can put up there and those porta-potties can only handle a certain amount of dumps per day. And so... <laughs> That's how they do the math, by the way. <laughs> oh, that was the funniest quote. I want to take that out of context and just oh have that gosh. as a clip. That'll be a really funny clip. <laughs> That's park math for you. Number of people, number of porta potties, number of dumps equals <laughs> how many cars can come up. So, <laughs> oh, love it. So, plan on that. But those are the main things that you'll want to watch for in 2024. So your task for this week, you know, your prize for making it to the end of the episode, (laughs) if you will, I really would like for you to go, if you know that you're visiting a national park in 2024, go and look at the official NPS site for that national park and just make sure that there's nothing coming up that you need to know, no reservations that you need to start reserving or anything like that. Just go Look through, if you go to nps.gov and you put in the park that you want, then there is a tab that says alerts. Mm-hmm, right click at the top. on it. Yeah. Click on the alerts tab because they will have like some stuff at the top of the page, some of their alerts and stuff. But if you click into the tab, you'll see more. Right. So click into that alerts page and just read through it and just make sure you know what's going on with the park. The other thing is... If you go over to Instagram, I will be doing a Q&A session, question and answer with me on Instagram stories today. Right. And so I will post that and you can go in and you can ask me any questions that you have about any upcoming trips or anything. And I will be sure to answer those for the next 24 hours. Right. So figure out which parks you want to go to. Make sure that there's nothing on the NPS site. But if there is... Or if you have any questions, then head over to Instagram at Dirt in My Shoes, go into the stories and leave me a question because I would love to answer anything that you have, any concerns you have. I have probably done the sleuthing for it already, so I'm happy to help wherever I can. Yes. And if anybody listening has any sway with Taco Bell, I would love to get the Chalupa Deluxe Box back. That would be great. Yeah, that is a family favorite. But if you don't have any sway with Taco Bell, I would love it if you could review our podcast. We would love five-star reviews on the podcast. Please tell us what you're thinking. If you caught any funny comments and you want to respond back, we would absolutely love that. I love reading through the comments and seeing how people respond to the psych quotes or community quotes or Lord of the Rings stuff. So let us know what you think and we'd love to hear from you. 